1: Welcome to the Arrowhead Addict Podcast. Please welcome your hosts, Patrick Allen and Matt Verderam.
0: What's up, Chiefs Kingdom? My name is Patrick Allen. Welcome to the Arrowhead Addict Podcast. We are entering the home stretch of the NFL season here. We're also entering into the your waistband period of the, of the year. Because uh, there's, a, there's a lot of food on the way, and We got Thanksgiving, tomorrow, and got yeah, Christmas after that. I'm excited. Like I just, you know, I've been working out all fall for this moment. Yes. So first of all, two, two things, right? So one is the
1: second we get off this podcast, um, I'm going to make white chocolate chip peanut butter cookies. I've got the recipe up wow. in one of my tabs right now. Yeah. And my wife's not home, new is my daughter. So you can guess who's going to be eating all the cookie dough. The Um we're lucky, the, we're lucky
0: if six cookies are made. Um, it, you know, I feel like white chocolate is really underrated. It's fantastic. Yeah. Like it's so good. Look at those uh, cookies and cream candy bars. Yeah. The, with the white chocolate. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. So I, you, it's one of those things you, you run into people and they're like, oh, no, I don't like white chocolate. And I'm like, I don't. You're insane. It's incredible. Listen, you also run into people who are serial killers. Doesn't mean they're right. Um, <laughs>
1: That's right. That's I, so I, I'm doing that. But also, no, I'm with you, man. Like quarantine, if there's one positive that's come out of all this stuff um, is when I got back from my vacation, I take every summer to New York to go back home and see family. I got back like August, I'm ballparking this, like August 10th, August 11th. And I was like 228 pounds, which is more than I, significantly more than I was coming out of college, which is a decade ago. But still, the point is that the needle's risen. And uh, I was like, you know what? I've got to lose weight, A, because I need to lose weight, but B, because I know that in four months, which doesn't sound like a lot, but it's quick, like the holiday season's coming, and I'll be 240 pounds by New Year's. So I've whittled myself down to 207, and now I'm nice. going to be 230 by New Year's. But at least I've given myself that cushion. <laughs> because in the next five <laughs> yeah. weeks is going to be an avalanche of sweets and, and side dishes and whatever the hell else. Right? We talked about Buckeyes. I'll probably eat yep. 50 of those between now and New Year's. I'm ready. I'm excited. I've, I've got myself in a fighting trim so I can now gain most of it back.
0: Right. Yeah. I've done the same thing. We, we've got a, we got the Peloton bike. Thank God I ordered that. I actually ordered that in December. I thought of about last getting it, but I, n- I never yeah. could pull the trigger. A little pricey. It is pricey. It, they dropped the price a little bit and they released a the new model. But you know what? It's one of those things where, like, I belonged to a gym for years and years and years. And same. I just, like, we didn't have a car. It'd take me forever. I'd walk half a mile to get to the gym. When you wake up, Uh, January morning in Chicago and it's sleeting and it's five thirty AM you gotta commute down to work later. (laughs) I mean it is it's hard just to get out of bed. Like you you know, you hear the little raindrops outside and I'm like, ah, screw it. You know, I'll go tomorrow. I'll work out twice as hard. Never happens. Right. So I'm dumping all this money down the drain on the gym membership. Mag's not going to the gym at all. So I'm like, you know what, I'm gonna throw up the Hail Mary. Like I kind of wanted to have workout equipment in the house. And it's worked. So actually this morning I uh, I'm sure everybody wants to hear about my exercise habits, but I rode the bike for the 300th time since I got it. So I've done nice. 300 cycling classes in under a year. Next, next week would be a year since we've had the bike. So like the proofs in the pudding, like quarantine certainly helped, but like I, they say the best exercise is the one you do. Right. So I'm getting on the damn bike. I'm riding it. You know, all you got to just walk down the hallway? So it, it, yeah, it's pricey, but if you think you'll use it, it's a couple grand, but if you're going to ride it, Steph's going to ride it. Now you yeah. start you know adding up the gym membership and all that stuff. It's it, it. And once you pay it off, it's, it's super affordable. So no,
1: you know, definitely, definitely a good point. I mean, like you just said, the best exercise is the one you do. I've right. lost the way. I literally, I walk three miles every day. It's all I do. Yeah. It's just so that change. I literally walk change. around my neighborhood because I was like, well, I'm not going to the gym right now. So I'll right. walk 20 miles a week. And that's yeah. all I've done. That, I mean, obviously eat better, but I mean, I, you know, yeah, that's pretty much
0: it walking outside a, a lot cheaper but i'm not going back to the gym man like i bought a few dumbbells and a and a bench no, you know that folds probably up probably not either it, it, it's, it's just not worth it, it, it the, the the time investment that you put you know walking over there or driving there and then you got to change and then you got to come home and get a shower and you can deal get with workout equipment yes you yeah you don't want to deal with people
1: you got you got to deal with like like forget covid so i'm not even talking about that you just have to deal with like the guy who's like dripping in sweat and lifts all the weights and then doesn't wipe down the bench. And he doesn't doesn't, wear deodorant. Yeah, yeah. It's just, yeah. It's a disgusting creature of humanity. And you're like, great. I can't wait to get on that bench now. Like if there wasn't COVID before, it will somehow like morph into it on that bench. So yeah, now I'm just like, you know what? I can just walk and be outside and it's fine. Yesterday I walked through a snowstorm here in Rockford. So that was, that was interesting. But now a little change of pace.
0: Yeah. The, you know, I got the idea from my brother-in-law. He said he's got like a treadmill and a rowing machine. So, you know, Peloton works for me. I got bad knees. I used to run cross country and I'm just, jacked, they're jacked up. It's hard for me to run now, but I wanted something low impact. But like anything you can get in the house, I'm telling you, man, get, get a rowing machine, get a treadmill, like whatever. Like if, if you'll use it, it always comes down to, to motivation. You know, people are like, oh, it's going to be a $2,000 coat rack. And I'm like, man, let me tell you what, that bill's coming every month. I'm getting on that damn bike. I'm riding it, so it's all up to the individual things. But this is not an exercise podcast. It's a football podcast. Uh, we're going to talk Chiefs here. We got a big, big game right. coming up with the Chiefs Bucks this weekend. We got some football tomorrow, which is going to be nice at slate of football. Even even bad football is better than no football. We'll have a couple of bad games in there probably. But um, we want to want to thank you guys. Uh, you're awesome. Okay, like we we've been talking in the podcast about how much reviews are important to us and how much they help the podcast. I threw down a challenge last week to some of you guys, and boy, you came through. We, we, we got a bunch of the new reviews on Apple Podcasts, written reviews, so I appreciate all y'all. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to shout you out here, so thank you to uh, Tanner Graver. Thank you to Swag Attack. Thank you to Tata for now, too. Thank you to uh, JC Jayhawk. Thanks to Clinton, Bake, uh, Clinton Blake McKenzie, uh, and, and actually, Clinton left us, he left us a review back on the 19th. So sorry, it took us so long to, to get to it. We missed it, Clinton. But Clinton's got a question for us. This was leading into Raiders Week. Great question. He says, gentlemen, I have a question for you. If I offered you 5 million tax-free American dollars, would you get Raiders, all caps, permanently tattooed in large letters on your forehead, wear Raiders apparel and only Raiders apparel? For the rest of your lives, and change your name to Al Davis McRaiderton. That's for five million, five million American dollars. Now he said. Now I assume he says permanently tattooed. Obviously, tattoos are all permanent, but you can get them removed on your forehead. I don't know if it leaves like a if it lightens your skin or you know how it would look after you got it removed on your forehead. But I'm going to go ahead and assume you can't get it removed. They'll right. come. They'll send you right. a bill for five million dollars. You get it removed. Where do you stand on this, Ferdinand?
1: Oh God, I I was going to say no before any of the rest of it, just a tattoo. (laughs) Right. No, listen, some of us have standards now $5 million. Sure. I could pretty much retire tonight, which would be great. um, Although I'd have nothing to do except walk, I guess, six miles a day now, but no, no, no. Listen, I think, uh, it's a lot of money and it'd be nice to have, but I'd have to live with myself and, uh, I couldn't. Not like that. And then I got Al Davis and McSwaggerton. And I, I'd have to pass. I'd have to pass hard
0: despite the money. <laughs> Al Davis, McRaderton. I, listen, man. I do like money quite a bit. I, there's got to be a better way, though, right? Like, I, I, When I read this, I was looking for loopholes immediately. I'm like, well, maybe, <laughs> maybe like, okay, he said, he said your forehead but he didn't say anything about like wear on your forehead, right? Like where's the forehead, you know, like the hairlines receding a little bit. Like, get it up high. I can, I can wear a hat all the time. You know, maybe I can cover it up. The, the, the What what if it, okay, let's take the tattoo thing out of it. Because I think we all agree like just having, having written. By the way, before we go, do, do you know there's a guy who has sold tattoo space on his face to porn websites? And he's oh, got like God. Pornhub and all these other different things like on tattooed on his face for like five grand a pot. You can look him up. It's insane.
1: Five grand.
0: Yeah. Five grand. That
1: that was That's what it. he sold out for. Yeah.
0: yeah. Now they interviewed, they've interviewed him and he said he was, you know, he's got a young daughter and they were, they were short on money and he was doing, and I, of course, again, there's better ways I think, but you know, uh, I don't want to judge somebody. Yeah, like I rob would a never bank. Do yeah. <laughs> but I mean, so, geez. So let's take let's take Raiders out of it. All right, you don't have to get the Raider tattoo, but you have to wear. Ra- let's even take the name change out of it. All right, you don't have to be Al Davis McRaiderton, but you have to wear you have to wear Raiders something Raiders every day for the rest of your life. Uh, this is a different story now. Like it's just clothes, right? Right. Like you, people could be like, "Oh, aren't you a cheese fan? What are you wearing that Raiders thing?" And you're like, "Yeah, I'm a cheese fan millionaire." Yeah.
1: <laughs> right. I honestly, I know this is probably pathetic. I'd still, I still wouldn't do it. He, he, come on, man. Come I on. I, I wouldn't, for I, five
0: million dollars, I,
1: I wouldn't be who I am. I could, <laughs> I could look, I, 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 yeah, I mean, really, like it would just, it would just I, I mean, look, maybe my wife would beg, I will divorce you if you don't do it. So, in that case, that, that's something I can't uh, afford to quibble with. But I know that sounds like I, I'm a man of my scruples.
0: I, I love the Chiefs more than anything in the world. I'd pull the trigger on that deal so fast, man, like that uh, you wouldn't have time to blink. I I don't care. I don't care like whatever. Yeah. I you know what I mean? Like I I can I can I'll feel bad about it for sure, but like and eventually it's just like, oh yeah, it's this thing I had to do for 5 million. I feel like you told anybody you were like, "Yeah, so I'm wearing this Raiders stuff all the time cuz I I just insane person offered to give me $5 million if I wore this every day for the rest of my life. I think every, every cheese fan would be like, I get it. Like, (laughs) it's just, you know, your Maisie gets to go to college. You get you can build generational wealth with that kind of money. Like, you know, Maisie's still going to go to
1: college, but yes,
0: (laughs) it's true. But she can go to college for free. Yeah. Um, anyway, you know, that was an awesome question. I, I, I gotta say Clinton really raised the bar on the questions. For this. And, and, and those are great questions to leave because it does take some time for reviews like that to get populated into Apple. I think they have to be reviewed in case it's something vulgar or something like that. So, you know, uh, more evergreen type questions are, are really good because we may not, if they're very, very specific, your question may be sort of out of date by the time we're actually able to see it. So thank you for that for Clinton. Thank you to everybody who's, who have left us those reviews. It's awesome. Uh, please keep them coming. The, the, again, the bar has been raised by Clinton on the questions and by all those folks we mentioned. So thank you so much. Head over to Apple Podcasts. Leave us a review. Okay, let's dive into this football game that we have coming up. It's against the, the current GOAT. We all know who the future GOAT is going to be. Um, but it is the current GOAT, Thomas Brady and the Bucks? So the, we'll, we'll set the primer for you. The line uh, is Chiefs, three and a half. The over-under in this game is 56, and I could see it going over, uh, especially if the Chiefs play defense like they did last week. Um, and uh, so Tampa is 7-4. and four. They've got wins against the Panthers, Broncos, Chargers, Packers, Raiders, Giants, and Panthers. I got a few notable scores in there for you. They beat the Panthers twice, obviously. They beat the Panthers 31-17 to and 46-23. to right. Chiefs. Very close game with the Panthers. It's interesting to note they beat the Raiders forty-five to twenty. She's had a lot of trouble with the Raiders. So when you look at that, you kind of I get a little nervous. I'm like, man, they, they creamed che- t- some of these teams that the Chiefs had a lot of trouble with. Every game is different, different personnel matchups, so on and so forth. But it is what it is. They've lost to the Saints thirty-four to twenty-three. The Bears twenty to nineteen. I think that was with Mitchell Trubisky still was the quarterback. Uh, I watched uh, that no, one it when I was in the full special. Oh was it the Nick full special? Okay, yeah, okay. I, know, I was I'd in the sure hospital that when that when that game when it's I watched that case. game. Yeah, you know what? I was so bored. I was tr- stranded in that hospital and uh, I'm watching this game I'm like, well, at least there's an NFL game, but I got to watch the Bears play. So I pulled out my my phone, DraftKings, and I'm like, I might as well gamble while I'm in here. I put down a, a pretty sizable bet because on on the Bucks cuz I was like there's no way they're losing to the Bears. The Bears stink. And they did. So thanks. It just maybe completed maybe that. You're not alone week. in that. Yeah, that's right. So uh, then they lost to the Saints again, which basically screwed them uh, out of any chance of winning the division. They lost 38 to three, just a complete stinker from them. They were absolutely horrendous. And then they lost to the Rams on Monday Night Football this past week, 27 to 24. So the, the trend here with, with those losses is that all those teams have pretty damn good defenses. Rams' defense is excellent. Saints' defense has been playing very well. And we know that the, the Bears' defense is all they have. Yeah. So just right off the top, heading into this game, with the way that the Chiefs' defense has played in the last couple of games, how concerned are you? Like,
1: I'm not that concerned. I, I know maybe I'm a little bit of a contrarian on this. They rank seventh in the league in points allowed. Like, They've given up a million points to the Raiders in these two games they played against them. Otherwise, they're giving up 17 points a game. Like they're, they've not been bad defensively most of the year. And I've seen so many people talk about, well, they can't get pressure. They can't get pressure. Listen, I do this stuff for a living. I do a deep dive on, on every one of these teams every week. And I, I put up on Wednesday where I break out three stats for every game, and I hope you'll read it on FanSide. But if you don't, here's a little bit of a preview. Okay, so I go over to Pro Football Reference. They have a million statistics over there. They do a great job. And I pour through them, and I try to go through. So the Chiefs pressure rate for the year, for the whole year right now, they pressure quarterbacks on 25.1% of dropbacks. Okay? That ranks eighth in the league. They get home. Now, sacks, they only have 19. Okay, They're, they're middle of the pack. I'm not going to sit here and do the math right now, but there's there's somewhere around, okay, they're 19. They're 19th in the league. So sacks are middle of the road, but they get a lot of pressure. QB knockdown percentage, they're 6th. They knock down the quarterback uh, 10% of the time. Hurry rate, they're 6th. And blitz rate, they're 6th. So the Chiefs get pressure. And the reason I bring all that up is you're right. The, 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 the differentiator with the Bucs is they lose to teams with good defenses. More, more specifically, they lose to teams that get to the quarterback. Brady has been god-awful this year when he's been under pressure. And the Chiefs get pressure. And if you go back and watch that Raiders game, which I have not yet, owned, but I want to give credit to Seth Kaiser, who's a who's a good friend and a great great guy to follow on Chiefs stuff. Works over at the Athletic uh, and does his own site as well. You should check it out. Um, he breaks down the games. You, you look at some of the stuff. The Chiefs would have had some pressure in that game against the Raiders, except for the fact they couldn't cover anybody for more than a second. So I look at that as the you know the Raiders. Have a good matchup against Kansas City. It's an and, and it's much like Carolina's offense. It's about getting the ball out really quick, right? Like get it out, get it in the receivers' hands, get it in the wallers' hands, make a play. The Buccaneers are not designed to play that way. Arian's offense is much more vertical down the field, air Coryell type of thing, where you're reading deep to short. And so, if you're Brady, and let's say you've got three wide receivers, and you've got okay, one's running a go route one's running a deep post, one's running a cross. You're, if you're Brady, your job is to read that go route, to post route, the cross route. Well, by the time he does that, they're going to have some pressure on him. So I actually think the Chiefs match up well against Tampa Bay defensively in this game because of the style that they play. I think Kansas City's defense will be okay in this game. Uh, I think the Raiders, teams like that, teams like Carolina, are going to give the Chiefs defense more problems because it's, it's much more get the ball out of your hands. It's the same reason they beat up on Houston. It's the same reason they beat up on the Ravens. The Ravens, when they do throw the ball, they try to get the ball down the seams. Houston, it's more of a downfield attack. It didn't work because the Chiefs, if they're given two, two and a half seconds to get home, they're going to. And, and they would have, been, by the way, had a lot of chances against the Raiders. So I actually think the Chiefs match up well in this game for a lot of reasons. And that that's probably the biggest one.
0: Yeah, and in, in doing my analysis for the podcast, I was I was watching a bunch of different things. And I, it seems like you're not the only one who's thinking this way. I was watching First Things First with, with Nick Wright and Brandon Marshall. And Brandon Marshall was talking about the struggles that the, the, the Bucks have been having, and Brady in particular. And he said that he didn't understand why the Bucks were playing so much outside-in on offense, which is just exactly what you explained. He's working right. his way back into the middle of the field looking outside the numbers when, as Brandon Marshall pointed out, Brady's not where he, where he succeeded in New England, and when he does well is going inside-out. Right. Looking over the middle, it helps them deal with pressure. You can remember those playoff games the Chiefs had against them. Every bit was always going across the middle, going across the middle. Chiefs would try to get pressure, going across the middle, always, always like that. And so it, it, it will be interesting to see how the addition of Antonio Brown and the slot impacts this game. And if they start going to him a little bit more, because Brady, look, you saw, if you watched the game on Monday night, which, which I watched the entire thing, he kept trying to go deep and outside the numbers to those great receivers that he has, and Evans and Godwin, and they're fantastic. But he just could not get the ball to them. He, 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 if he was if he was pressured, forget it. But even when he wasn't, on some of those, his accuracy was just terrible. He's not good at throwing the ball down the field this year. And I know I know you've seen some stats on that as well, correct?
1: Yes. So per Next Gen Stats, which is uh, authored by the NFL, and I wrote about this in, actually in this column that I do on Wednesdays, since Week Five. So you're talking all the way back to essentially a month and a half ago. Tom Brady is three of 36 when he throws the ball 20 or more yards in the air. And all three of those completions came against the Raiders. So outside of that game, he's not completed one pass since week five that's over 20 yards in the air. If I am Steve Spagnuolo in this game, I am blitzing them like crazy. I'm getting pressure on him immediately. I'm playing aggressively at the line of scrimmage, and I'm making him throw the ball over my head. And you know what? If he does it, fine. Then it's against everything he's done all year long. And by the way, the Chiefs, the only team that's given us up less air yards than the Chiefs are the Rams. The Chiefs do not give up the big play. Really, that one Raiders game was the only game they've done it in. They do not give up big plays over their heads. So combine that with the fact that Brady can't throw a deep ball. If I'm Kansas City, I'm in a ton of shallow zones. If I blitz, I'm in tight man, single high. And I'm saying, go ahead, Tom, throw it. Throw the ball down the sideline, deep down the field. right? If, if, I'm, if I'm Kansas City in that game, I'm saying I'm playing middle high safety. I'm going to rob the middle of the field. If you're going to take a shot down the sideline, fine. Then I've got man-to-man corner. I'll take inside leverage, and I'll force you to run between me and the boundary, and it's basically double team. You basically have 13 defenders on the field. Go ahead and throw it. Beat me. And I'll take my chances. You know what? If Evans jumps up and wrestles one away, fine. Who cares? The other problem this game is going to be, and we'll get to it, Tampa loves to blitz. If they blitz Kansas City, they're going to lose. I, I don't know if Bowles will back off in this game. We asked the same question before the Chiefs played Baltimore this year, and Baltimore did not back off, and Mahomes went out of his mind. If Tampa Bay, who blitzes, by the way, more than any team in the NFC, third most in the league behind Baltimore and Pittsburgh, if they blitz in this game, and they blitz at their 40% clip that they normally do, he will go nuts. They do not have corners that can match up with the Chiefs. They have very athletic linebackers. Could be a tough day for Kelsey, but this is a day, especially with Watkins expected to be back, where I could see Hill going crazy, Hardman having a big game, Watkins having a big game. It just is not the matchup you want if you're the Bucs. I think schematically this game favors Kansas City in a lot of different ways. All
0: right, we're going to take a quick break. On the other side, we'll continue previewing this huge game for the Chiefs, and uh, we'll do a little AFC West update. This is the Arrowhead Attic Podcast. All right, we are back. You are listening to the Arrowhead Attic Podcast, and we are previewing Chiefs-Bucks. Okay, so I want to go continue on the personnel that the Bucks bring on the field, because they're they're somewhat intimidating, right, on offense. They've got... Godwin's a great receiver. Evans is a great receiver and then they've added antonio brown he's not at least so far not antonio Brown of old but still in incredible shape looks looks good to me when he's out there running around and uh and a great running back in, in Ronald jones they don't they they, th- they they throw the ball an average I wrote this down uh about just under 40 times per game, I believe, which is great. Which is, yeah, Brady's averaging 39 passes per game, but he's only averaging 6.8 yards per attempt uh, or completion, which is, which is what you mentioned is that he can't get the ball downfield. He's got 25 touchdowns, 9 interceptions, and 15 sacks. So for the Chiefs in this game, to, to not let him get the ball to those receivers and Antonio Brown, we mentioned pressure. In the games where the, the Bucks have won, Brady's been sacked five times and the games where they've lost 10 times and those losses. So right. you can see the importance. Now the problem is if you're, if you're the bucks and you're watching that game against the Raiders, which is what I would be doing. I'd be watching both games against the Raiders. Yes. You're thinking, all right, these guys can't get pressure unless they blitz. And so are you going to run the ball? Are you going to try to, get the ball out of Brady's hands quick to Antonio Brown over the middle if the Chiefs do blitz? Are they going to try to nickel and dime them, or do you think they're going to keep trying to take these big shots?
1: These teams, other than Belichick, in my lifetime,
0: they are who they are.
1: You are who you are. And I, I think, look, they might try to run the ball a little more. I mean, Ronald Jones seven a really nice year. He's averaging almost five yards a carry. I could certainly see them saying, hey, we're going to try to you know, run the ball here getting advantageous, second and short, second and, and, you know, five and six, uh, third and short. I can see that. But here's one thing with the Bucs. Their, their running backs don't catch the football. Their tight ends have not been particularly adept at catching the football, including, by the way, Rob Gronkowski. Um, OJ Howard's out for the year. Cameron Brate's done nothing. He's on pace for like 320 yards. So I think, I think you might see more of a, of a run game. But one thing with Arians this year, he's been very quick to abandon the run game. Very quick. Last weekend, they had like 10 or 11 carries for the whole game against the Saints earlier this year. They set a record, in, I think, at five rushes all game. And then they were they were getting beat handily quick in that game. But Arians will Arians will move on from the run game. And if, if if you're Kansas City and you get up early, I could see a scenario where they run the ball 12 times because Arians just tries to get in one of his, his, his ethos as a former quarterback coach is throw the football. Throw it, throw it, throw it, throw it, throw it. So – Look, I think the smart thing would be run the ball, get the ball out of Brady's hands, some quick hitters, but that's not how they play. That's not what they do. Not to say they'll never do that. I mean, certainly they'll have some plays in you know, a quick wide receiver screen or a slant or something, but that's not what they do. They are geared toward hitting the big play and they have the talent to do it. But, you know, it should be noted. They played 11 games this year. They're one of two teams. I haven't had a buy yet. They'll have it next week. Um, Carolina being the other, if you're curious, um, They don't have one receiver on pace for 850 yards receiving. Nobody like as great of a player as Evans is, and he's played every game this year. He's on pace for like 820 yards, and he's leading the team. Gronk has not been great. Godwin has been their best player. He actually, if he played a full 16, is on pace for 1100, but he missed he missed a quarter of the year. So all the names are great. They've not been great offensively. Their big calling card this year has been they get a lot of pressure via the blitz and they're great against the run, which is cool, except the Chiefs don't care because they're never going to run. The Chiefs will just spread you out and throw the football. So that's why I keep saying I think it's just a horrible matchup for Tampa. They're sitting there saying you're not going to run the ball, and the Chiefs are like, that's fantastic. We're going to throw it 50 times. <laughs> right. It doesn't matter. We don't care.
0: And it's, just, it's an interesting game to, to break down. Did you see that touchdown that Godwin had against the Rams where he yeah, just exactly. grown man strength? embarrassed the, the Rams' DBs. I, I mean, that, that's something that the Chiefs are going to have to watch out for is the physicality of some of yep. these guys. Because he just dragged three guys into the end zone. They, he, he caught the ball. If, if you didn't see it, he caught the ball, I want to say, around the four-yard line, five-yard line. And there were three Rams right there. And they had their hands around his waist. And he just, he just shrugged them off and dragged them into the end zone. It was, it was kind of terrifying, to be honest with you.
1: Yeah. Well, it reminded me, honestly, of what we saw on Sunday with A.J. Brown against Baltimore. Called the ball at like, the eight yard line and then basically just like dragged guys in like they were his kids. It was, yeah. uh, it was unbelievable. Uh, you know, th- that always amazes me in the sense that, like, I get it. Some guys are bigger than theirs in the NFL, obviously, but these are NFL athletes. Like, these guys are like 4% body fat and, and like weight train all day long. And A.J. Brown basically took Marcus Peters and two other Ravens and just walked them into the end zone. So it's not like they were dragging me into the end zone. It right. was just it's incredible. So no, listen, they they're big. I mean, that's one thing that's gonna be interesting in this game. But the Chiefs have some size. Like Breland is a bigger corner. Sneed's a bigger corner who can run. Fenton's small. I expect Fenton to get Antonio Brown a lot in this game. I think that's what you're gonna see a lot of. You know, Ward is another guy who, you know, they'll mix him in as well. But look, this game's gonna be really interesting. It's gonna be really if the Chiefs don't get pressure, this game's a shootout to the hilt. If they get pressure, I think they're they're going to be in pretty good shape. But that's going to be the key. I mean, we talked about it. Every game with the Bucs, there's one defining thing. And if you don't think the Chiefs know that, you're crazy. The Chiefs are aware of it. The Chiefs know if they get pressure on Bray, they're going to win. And that's what this game comes down to.
0: If you're the Chiefs, who are you putting on Gronkowski? Um, that's a good question.
1: I wouldn't bracket him or double him because he doesn't deserve that, that treatment at this point. He's just not the same player. Um I'd, I'd probably put Sorensen on him sometimes. I'd probably put a linebacker on him, you know, Willie Gay, Damian Wilson. Um, you know, I I just wouldn't be that that afraid of him. I mean, Once you get in the red zone, it's a little different than maybe a bracket and do some different things. He's such a big target. But he's not the same guy. Like, I, if anything in this game, I, I would try to take away Evans or anybody else because he's just so big. I'd put Breeland on. I would tell Rashad Breeland in this game, you've got Mike Evans. I don't care if you take five holding penalties. Beat the hell out of him. Like, I remember when the Pats did that in the 2018 championship game against Kansas City where they just held and interfer- and it, they just figured, screw it. Like, the official's not going to throw a flag on every play. And I know a lot of fans got annoyed with that, and so that's not right. Okay, maybe, maybe not, but it's smart because the official's not going to throw a flag every single play. If I were Rashad Breeland, I would be so unbelievably aggressive with Mike Evans within the first five to seven yards in the line of scrimmage Fine. If I get called once or twice, fine. They're not going to call me five or six times. They're just not. I mean, no, no official is going to do that. So, if I'm the Chiefs, I'd get in man, I'd get in press, and I try to beat them up as much as humanly possible at the line of scrimmage, and say, "Hey, if we get called for three or four holding penalties, it's five yards. Who cares, I don't care. Like they're they're going to have to beat me a different way than that."
0: Yeah, and going back to that Rams game because I just I thought it was a really interesting game on Monday Night Football. Um, and, you know, they obviously, that's a very good defense. Aaron Donald, like they got after Brady. He was terrible, terrible last week. 26 of 48 for 216 yards, four and a half yard average, two touchdowns, two picks, QBR of 55.2. Here's the interesting thing. We know Sean McVay's, he's a he's good offensive mind, right? He can really, they've, they've got some really talented players on offense with Robert Woods and Cooper Cup. Right. They're, they're not very good at running the ball. They tried against the Rams, and as you mentioned, they averaged, they ran the ball 20 times for 37 yards, 1.9 yards per carry. I don't think we see the Chiefs running a ton. This, this feels a lot like the Panthers game to me, where they just come out and they're chucking it all over the place. But what did happen is, and I've got, look, I've, I paid a lot of attention to the Rams. I've got Cooper Cup and Robert Woods on, on one of my fantasy teams, and I'm constantly annoyed. Yeah, I had a very good day. I'm constantly annoyed, though, at some, you know some of the inconsistency of the Rams' offense. Jared Goff. He's a fine quarterback. He's not great, right? And he's had an up-and-down season. And, and they win. They're 7-3 of the Rams based on the strength of their defense. And in this game, they threw it 51 times. And Goff did a really nice job. He was 39 of 51 for three touchdowns, 376 yards, three touchdowns, two interceptions, averaged 7.4 yards per completion with no running game. He got the ball to Cooper Cup 11 times for 145 yards, and good for good measure, he threw it to Robert Woods 12 times for 130 yards and a touchdown. He was spreading the ball around, and what I noticed in that game is that the, the Bucks were trying to come after him, trying to come after him, and they were getting the ball out quick, really quick. Like he had Woods or Cup as a, as a hot route on almost every play, and that's why those guys got so many completions, and they're, they're very talented after the catch. When you start thinking about the Chiefs on offense, you've got Tyree Kill. You've got Sammy Watkins. You've got McCole Harmon. These guys are all really fast. They're good with the ball on their hands. And I started thinking about the Chiefs' game plan against the Raiders. And if you the the second time around, Mahomes was getting the ball out quick early on in that game. They were moving the matriculating the ball on the field, getting the ball out fast. Do you think they have a similar game plan here against the Bucs to what the Rams did?
1: Uh yeah. I, I think, look, the Rams. The Rams basically said, we don't care if we run the football. We don't care. We're going to get the ball out quick. We're going to get it to our playmakers. We're going to let them eat in space, right? Like I think that that essentially is what the Rams tried to do in that game, and it worked. As you just pointed out, Goff had a terrific game. And so I do think that you're going to see a lot of that. I I think the Chiefs, are, especially if if the Buccaneers blitz, I think a lot of it is going to be the Chiefs just saying, you know what, fine, we'll get the ball quick to Hill and Hardman. Watkins, Kelsey, when, they, when the situation is dictated. By the way, uh, just to hammer on the point, the Chiefs, excuse me, the Rams threw the ball 51 times. Uh, yeah, their leading rusher ran the ball three times. So yeah, they didn't care. They, and all told, if you take out uh, Goff, who ran once, the Rams ran a grand total of 19 times, and like 12 of those were in the fourth quarter when they were winning. So I think if you're the Chiefs, if you're getting a blitz look, hey, what matchup do you like the most? Do you like Hill on Carlton Davis? Or Sammy Watkins on Jamal Dean, who are their top two corners? Do you, like, do you like Hardman in the slot? Do you like Kelsey lined up one-on-one with a backer? Maybe even Antoine Winfield, who's a very good safety, rookie safety for them, but he's a rookie. I, I look at this game a lot. I think you're going to see – I'll tell you one thing you will definitely see, and the Rams do a lot of this. You will see tons of motion in this game. The Chiefs are going to do everything they can to cause a half second of indecision You're going to see them try to determine quickly whether or not the Bucs are in zone or man, who's blitzing, who's not, how they're dropping out. All that stuff's going to happen. Um, I would expect to see a lot of jet sweep action, even if they don't hand it off necessarily. And of course, a few times you probably will. Kansas City is going to try to buy Mahomes an extra half second because if he has it, it's death for the other team. And I think you're going to see... A pretty good showing. I think that, look, this is just not the way you want to play defense. The Raiders, by the way, as a compare and contrast, they blitz, I believe, third fewest of anybody in the NFL actually have right in front of me. So the Raiders blitz 19.2% of the time It is the 30th ranked blitzing rate in the league. Okay, only the Colts and the Chargers blitz least. By the way, who else gave them a tough time this year? The Chargers, who didn't blitz at all and got pressure before, right? The Buccaneers blitz 41.9 percent of the time. They're tied second, actually, with Pittsburgh. Okay, Baltimore blitzes more. We saw what the Chiefs did against Baltimore. We saw, you know, the Bills who blitz a lot but didn't blitz against the Chiefs. Actually, backed off. Chiefs ran for a million yards. The Jets who comically blitzed the Chiefs a lot. The Chiefs scored (laughs) 35 points, and I didn't even try. Okay, if Tampa Bay blitzes the Chiefs in this game, they're going to lose the game. They have to back off. But that Todd Bowles is a great coordinator, but he's really aggressive. If he does that against Kansas City, it will be curtains. I am fascinated to see how he decides to play them in this game.
0: Interesting stat on the, the defense from the Bucks Last week versus the Rams, despite losing, they had nine and a half tackles for a loss. And they only sacked a Goff one time. And – the Rams were not running the ball. Now, this is because, the, again, the, if you watch the game, the Rams were running a lot. Of, they ran a lot of screens. They were trying to get the balls out, slip screens, things like that. They did a, couple of, like a jailbreak screen, all those things. So that's why probably the, the, those numbers are so high, and then they get into the backfield. How right. can the Chiefs, with their offensive line and, and a lot of flux, deal with that kind of penetration, though?
1: again, I think a lot of it comes down to motion. So the reason I say that is if you have motion, you're screwing with everybody's assignment right before the snap It causes a little bit of miscommunication at times indecision. If the chiefs do that, I I, I'm certain they will in this game. It creates a little bit of doubt. Now now you're right. Like the Rams, the Rams in that game did, did have a good bit of motion. They always do on McVay's offense. Um, a lot of those negative plays came when they tried to run the ball. Like I think it was Henderson at eight carries for them for five yards, right? So there's a bunch of the negative plays right there. That's the beauty of Andy Reid. Like, Andy Reid's just going to say, yeah, you know what? We probably can't run this week, so screw it. We're not even going to try. It's just not our our strong suit. Um, but I think that's, that's where the Chiefs could get themselves in trouble. If the Chiefs try to get cute with the run game, they think, oh, we can catch them off guard. Look, Tampa's really strong up front, right? Like, Ndamukong is not the pass rusher that he once was, but Ndamukong Sue is still a really, really good run defender. And he can still get some push inside occasionally, but he's a really good run defender. You don't want to be in a situation where you're trying to jam the ball in there. Now, that Vita Vea, who's also a great run defender, he's out for the year, so the Chiefs won't see him. Um, but that, that to me, is going to be the big thing, right? Like, tackles for loss has been a lot of for the Buccaneers there's been a lot of guys on blitzes. You want to know who their top four guys are in tackles for a loss? Levante David, linebacker. Devin White, linebacker. Jordan Whitehead, safety. Shaquille Barrett, linebacker. They will get a lot of negative plays because they will blitz the heck out of those gaps, and they're great at it. White and David are two of the best linebackers in football. They're very fast. Levante David, to me, is a borderline Hall of Famer. Like, they're going to push up the field very quickly. And so if you're the Chiefs, the way around that, I think if you're going to run the ball, look, get outside, get on the edge. We'll toss play, give a guy a running start. I don't, I don't want to see the Chiefs with any, any plays between the tackles that are like these delayed runs they like to try. They'll get killed. They'll lose five yards. If you're going to run, pitch it outside. Get outside um, and, and use the pursuit of some of these guys. Look, the, the Bucks have good edge rushers in Barrett and Jason Pierre-Paul. Pierre-Paul is seven and a half sacks. Barrett is five. But they're aggressive. They'll get up the field. That's where you you say, "Hey, look, let them try to get up field on us, and we'll toss it on the outside edge, beat them around the edge." It, it, it's the better way to go, in my opinion, this week. All
0: right, we're going to take one more break, and on the other side, we will finish previewing this game. We'll get into our predictions as well. I know you all show up for those. This is the Arrowhead Attic podcast. Okay, we are back. I have logged where our ad break is, and we will continue. Okay, so um, uh, the interesting thing about this game is, for me, Antonio Brown. You know, He's been there for a few weeks now. Last week against the Rams, he was targeted 13 times by Brady. Eight receptions, 57 yards, 7.1 average. I think that that is... If if the if the Rams are being honest with themselves, he's he's where they've got to go with the ball for Brady to get comfortable. So with the Chiefs, you said I think you said you think they might put Fenton on him. You think Antonio that's the best Brown, way to yeah. go? Yeah, I mean, is that is that who's your? You, you, you may have already answered this. You said you know watch out for Evans, but like if you've got to stop one guy, you have got to take one guy away from the Evans. from the the Bucks offense. It's Evans. It's not it's not going to be Antonio Brown.
1: No, because Antonio Brown right now they've hit him on a lot of short stuff. I don't care. Like Evans is the one guy who Brady can throw a, a Yolo ball, a fifty-fifty ball up to, and Evans is just a monster with that size. You can go down, go up, and get it. Brown's not doing that. Like, look, and and it's not saying look, Brown's a, a terrific player, but Evans is the guy to me. Like Even if Brady's deep ball is completely shot, Evans can kind of neutralize that issue because he's so big. He's going to have to put it on Brown or near Brown to make that play. So, my, again, now I'm not Steve Spagnuolo, obviously, or I have a different position here, but like my, my feeling would be if I blitz, I'm playing man behind it, and I'm playing single high safety, and I'm telling that safety, look, unless you have a real defined read to one side of the field or the other, stay in the middle of the field. Take away the middle of the field. I tell my corners on those plays on the boundary, I don't care what you have to do. You play inside leverage, which just means basically line up shaded toward the middle of the field so that you're, bas- you're forcing that outside receiver to take an outside break. I'd, I'd say you force them outside the numbers. You make Brady throw the ball across the field because that's the other thing, by the way. While he's not great on deep throws, he's also bad. He's thrown a bunch of pick sixes in recent times. On, on these comeback routes, he doesn't have the arm to drive the ball to anymore. So if I'm the Chiefs and I blitz, it's man, and I'm, and I'm taking away the, the inside throws to the boundary receivers. And then when I don't blitz, and I'm rushing four, and by the way, I'm never rushing less than four ever. I'm always bringing at least four. I'm dropping coverage then into these shallow zones, and I'm making him throw the ball over my head. I am basically putting up my picket fence. About five to seven yards down the field. So go ahead, throw it. Beat me. Throw it anywhere else. Um, And Evans, yes. If there are times where you're going to double a guy, it would be Evans. I would try to take him out of the game, not let him win a jump ball, and make Brady throw an accurate deep ball down the field.
0: One last thing on the Chiefs defense. I saw you tweet this stat out. The Chiefs are dead last in red zone defense this year.
1: Yeah, they've been awful. They've been awful. (sighs) The worst defense in the NFL in the red zone. Uh, It kind of messes up that
0: whole bend but don't break thing.
1: Yeah, it doesn't work when you actually break every time. Right. Um, It's not good. You know, I had a tweet, I tweeted out, I was just doing my again. um, I'm not trying, I'm really not trying to plug it, but my Wednesday column where I break down three stats for every game. The Chiefs, this is how much of a jumbled bag the Chiefs defense is dead last in red zone, 29th in missed tackles, then seventh in pressure rate, sixth in blitz rate. Tied 13th in yards per play, which is really the biggest metric there is on defense. They're above average. Second in air yards allowed. Very good. 17th on third down. Okay, not great. Middle of the road. Ninth in completion rate again. So, pretty good. The Chiefs, they they have games where they're really good. Now, I don't know. Look, I'm not going to sit here and it would take me forever to take out the Raiders games and figure out then how does that defense look. Obviously, better. Um But you can't do that because then i also have to take out their two best games, right? So, um, yeah, the Chiefs have been bad in the red zone. Really, really bad in the red zone. And it's something that if they could ever force teams to threes and not sevens, I mean, hell, if the offensive Chiefs have, they'd win every game.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's it's frustrating because they do a lot of that then but don't break. They got to get it together. So who is on – who's the one Chiefs player – one non-Mahomes Chiefs player, because Mahomes is always a cop out, yep. is the most important player for you going into this game. On, so let's this do game let's do for offense and defense. Yeah, who who's the most important player on offense? Who's the most important player on defense for the Chiefs to win?
1: So offensively, other than Mahomes, I would say Tyreek Hill, because I think I think the Bucks with their personnel and the way they play, I think I think this is a game where Kelsey might be somewhat quiet. Of course, I say he'll probably go for 200 yards. Um, they just have really good linebackers. They have, they have great linebackers and cover with some speed. I think Hill, this is, this is a Tyreek Hill game. This is a lineup and beat your man type of game. If they blitz a lot. It's going to be a lot of one-on-one with Jamel Dean and Carlton Davis and Tyreek Hill should win that matchup every time. So to me, this is a game where I got to see Tyreek Hill and, and he's done it. He's had, he has 10 touchdowns. he has been great this year, but I, this is the game where I got to see him eat. 150 yards, two touchdowns type of game defensively, Chris Jones. Quickest way to get pressure on a quarterback? Right up the middle. The Buccaneers have been shuffling guys in and out. The interior of that line has not been particularly strong this year, especially in pass pro. I got to see Chris Jones, who, by the way, um, and I, listen, I'll defend Chris Jones forever. He had a bad game against the Raiders. There's a lot of stuff going around on Twitter right now, whether it's it's uh, from different film analysts of the Chiefs, uh, Nick Jacobs, Seth Kaiser, other guys, I'm, I'm forgetting right now, but there, there are snaps with Chris Jones. Chris Jones doesn't even try. They snap the ball and he just stands there. I mean, literally just stands there. Chris Jones has to be the force of nature that he normally is every week. I don't know. Maybe there's something going on. He didn't feel well, whatever. He was dehydrated. I don't know. Because that's typically not an effort, an effort issue. Is not typically a problem with Chris Jones. But it was at times on Sunday night. They need Chris Jones to be Chris Jones. Uh, and if he is, I, I think he's going to have a big game. Because they do not have a great interior and Brady is not mobile. Like if, if you get into the pocket, you're going to find Tom Brady. He is not uh, he's not going to be rolling away from pressure. He will chuck it up for grabs or he'll throw it out of bounds.
0: Chris Jones is also my player for the Chiefs on defense. I know he's been dealing with a groin. I'm wondering if he was hurt. Like it, it, it's just because it, as you said it's so unlike him. He's he's a high motor, high effort guy. Like that's very that's weird reasons. Why- you know, getting his hands up, batting down like that's the thing about Chris Jones. Like, even when he's gassed at the end of a game and he just doesn't have it, he's trying to figure out a way to make an impact, which is you know, why they won the Super Bowl. He's out, out there batting down passes. So that's really disturbing to hear. And I hope if he is banged up, he's better this week. Cause they I agree. He has to make an impact up the middle. He starts he starts bull rushing. And, and and throwing Tom Brady off, the Chiefs are going to win this game. But the other the other guy, I'll just give an honorable mention: Frank Clark. W- let's get that shoulder dip going, man! Like, come on! Like, it's this. We're paying that guy a lot. They're paying that guy a lot of money. And where he is in sacks, I think he's got four or something. Like, right? You know, not not good enough. And it's not just like we know that pressures matter. At sacks. He he hasn't really been. He's still a little late getting around his guy.
1: They they need look, their defense is predicated on pressure. The Chiefs have to get pressure. That's what they do. Jones and 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 Clark are the guys. They're paying those guys $190 million. Get home. You're not paid to get press, you're paid to sack them. I mean, that look like, I get, and yeah, obviously, of course, pressures matter, but sacks will win you the game. I I just wonder, and look, this shouldn't be the reality, but it is. I wonder sometimes with the Chiefs how much of it is just boredom. How much of it is just, eh, we're going to win. I mean, they they each had a sack against Carolina. Um, Carr got rid of the ball very fast against the Raiders. Or against the Raiders. So, I I mean, part of that is Carr getting rid of the ball because he couldn't cover anybody for more than two seconds. I'm not really worried about it. Like, I think they'll be fine. I mean, Clark last year was like Reggie White in the playoffs. It was unbelievable. I mean, you'd be hard-pressed to ever find a guy have a better – three games in a row in the playoff than that. I mean, he was insane. And Jones was awesome. So am I worried about it long-term? No, I'm not. Those guys, as long as they're healthy, they're fine. They're going to play. And, and and Frank Clark is, is a guy who last year played through an injury the whole year, a you know, neck injury. They actually offered at one point to shut him down for the season, he refused to do it. So I'm not worried about that. But, yeah, the Jones stuff from last week, which which many people on Twitter have illustrated with with videos at this point, it, it's you, you can't do it. And Avance Bagnolo, I'm, I'm taking him to task all week long over it as we're going over the film. I'm pointing it out and making it known. And I'll say this lastly. Um, I did a story in the offseason, went up in July on Fanside about about how COVID and the pandemic was affecting guys' training this offseason. And I talked to some trainers on the record. One of them was Pete Bob Marito, who's the biggest trainer in the country for NFL players. Bob Rito Performance Systems, I think they train like 250 players. One of them is Chris Jones. And without being asked about Chris Jones, he singled him out as one of the hardest working players he's around. That Chris Jones shows up every day and works like an animal for hours on end. So, this is not, I, I just want to say, like, this is not a question of conditioning with Chris Jones. It's not a question of want to, which is why I just wonder in that game was something going on. Like you said, did he tweak something? Was he ill? I, and I, I kind of also – and this is total speculation. I wonder if they had a little bit of like a a, a, a illness issue going around. Tyron Matthews was like hell thing. in that game. Yep. Like they just looked fatigued. They looked slow. They, and, and say what you want. Even when they don't play well defensively, that is not usually a problem. They're usually flying around. They almost looked like they were like under the weather. Now, maybe they weren't. They just played like crap. I have no idea. I don't know. I'm not saying they were. but it. it it does make me wonder.
0: Yeah. I know there were some people that were, were listed as illness and right recently and, and not, not COVID illness and those kinds of things can happen. And sometimes you get a little touch of something and it's starting to affect you or your body's fighting it off. Maybe, maybe you don't even end up with symptoms. You don't even really know you were sick, but you just, we all have those days, right? Where you're just like, man, I just, I don't have it today. I'm tired. Like what the heck? And, 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 and Matthew said it after the game. I, I felt like crap. It just he didn't. It was an interesting thing to say. He didn't say I played like crap. He no, said felt I like felt it. like crap. Right? And that's, I think, a really interesting distinction. <clears throat> so uh, it would be interesting to see if they're a little bit re-energized. And they, they know this is a big game. right? The Raiders game was a it's big stand-alone. game, but this is a huge game.
1: It's, look, it's, the Raiders game is a big game because of the divisional importance and, and you want to get revenge and, and everything. Look, I'm not minimizing it. It was a big game. They did not answer the bell. Defensively, they were bailed out by Mahomes, but this game, if you're if you're on defense, it's it's Brady, like it's Tom Brady, and it's in a standalone game. And by the way, don't think for a second that they're not going to put in their minds. Oh, this is where the Super Bowl is this year. That stuff gets talked about. They're all going to be sitting yeah. there going, "Hey, you know what would be great? If we get back here in February. Well, if we win this game. That ought to help." So, and I. It'll be interesting because that's going to be a crazy Sunday. Now the Ravens and Steelers are playing on Sunday because the game got moved from Thanksgiving night because of COVID concerns. So we're going to have a lot going on. There's going to be a lot of – got Ravens, Steelers, Chiefs, Bucks, Titans, Colts, a lot, a lot of very big games.
0: That game got moved? I didn't know that. It did. It got moved back right before we went on
1: the podcast. They moved it because the Ravens have like uh, COVID concerns out the wazoo.
0: That is disappointing. <laughs>
1: I hope you're ready for Texans, Lions, and football team Cowboys because you're going to get it. My you know advice to all I, you fine folks out there: stock up on the turkey and just black out.
0: <laughs> I'm watching a lot of Washington games this year because I'm just I'm I'm rooting so hard for Alex Smith. I'm right. so thrilled right. he got that win last week. And you know what? He's playing like Alex Smith again. Like he's not running as much. Obviously, he's been good. He's, I'm sh- sure, he's lost a little bit of quickness there, but. He's doing Alex Smith things. He's taking care of the football. He's, you know, once he's gotten the reps, you know, I was worried about him when he first got in that game uh, with the injury. You know, he, just, he was getting sacked like crazy, and it just looked like rust, and maybe, you know, maybe he's just not, not confident, right? Right. But it came back quick. He's been, he's been very good. I'm
1: very happy for
0: him. Yeah. I'm, I'm pulling for it, and, and, he, and he certainly can do it. I'm pulling for him to take them to the playoffs. It would be absolutely incredible. Now they'll probably get there at six and ten or something, but um, you know he you can win he that got division there and beat, beat Brady. Oh, that would be it. that would be. It. <laughs> Chiefs fans would be over the moon, right? You imagine it, that goes in and just yeah. smokes them. <laughs> Do you think? I mean, right now, looking at that division with Prescott out, is he the best quarterback? Oh, yeah. Yeah,
1: Yeah. he definitely is. Wentz is a shell of a human being at this point, and Daniel Jones has moments he looks great, and then has other moments where he looks like he could turn the ball over seven times in a quarter.
0: Imagine being those guys and knowing that, like, this guy is in his late 30s, almost lost his leg, came back, and he's the best quarterback in the division. Oh, oh, Dak Prescott's hurt, obviously. It wouldn't be the case, but Yeah. yeah, that's not good. Uh,
1: I, I'm rooting for them all the way, man. I, I hope they win the division.
0: Speaking of the division, before we get to our predictions for this week's game, let's do a quick AFC West update. Everyone's probably pretty uh, keen on these results and, and knows what's going on. But you got the Chiefs first place, nine and one. Raiders in second at six and four. The Broncos at third at four and six, which is actually surprising to me because I think the Chargers are, are really good with Justin Herbert, but they're just they're not getting it done. And the Chargers at three and seven. This is it, right? I mean, the Ra- there's no chance the Raiders win the division. Oh, no.
1: It ended on Sunday night. It ended on I'll tell you what, though. You think about those standings. How different does that look if the Raiders won that game? Right? Completely One different. One game back with a breaker. I'll tell you what. You know what this podcast would have been? Us having an aneurysm about the fact that if the Chiefs lose on Sunday and the Raiders beat the Falcons, the Chiefs are in second place. Like, <laughs> yeah. big difference. So... Now the division is done. Look, the Chiefs, by winning that game against the Raiders, they essentially lock up at least a two seed. Because if you look at the rest of the conference, there's nobody who has two losses, right? Everybody's either the Steelers and Chiefs, or they have three or more defeats. Well, the Chiefs beat Buffalo. So Buffalo would have to have the Chiefs fall to 12-4 and four or worse. The Chiefs aren't losing four games. Tennessee and Indianapolis, first of all, they play each other this week, so one of them is going to be at four losses, and they're all conference losses. And the other one's going to have three losses, all conference losses. Again, Kansas City... The Chiefs would have to go to 12 and four essentially to be less than a two seed. They're not going to do that. The Chiefs are not going to lose four games. So Kansas City is going to at least be a two seed. This whole season now is about trying to get the one. That's it. That's what the, that's what it comes down to. The last six weeks are are the Chiefs. The one seed or are they a two seed. You're a two seed. You got to play Wild Card weekend. You do have two home games, uh, assuming you win Wild Card weekend. But you have to play you know all the way through. You're the one seed. You get a nice week off. It's a big break.
0: But the way the AFC is shaping up, and I think we can all agree, nobody really, we would all prefer to not play the Raiders again this season based off of of what we've seen so far. Would not like to see them in the playoffs. The Raiders, that loss also dealt them a pretty big blow in terms of margin of error just for making the playoffs. Now, they have a favorable schedule the rest of the way. They play Atlanta, at Atlanta, at the Jets. They're going to have a tough game against the Colts. That's going to be a really interesting game to watch. And then they play the Chargers. The Dolphins are a little hit or miss. That, that game could be really that's, – that's in week 16. That could be a, a huge game playing yep. for, for the playoffs right there. And then they finish up with the Broncos, who at that point will have been completely hung things up and only hoping to play spoiler. Their game next week against the, the Falcons on Sunday is going to be really interesting. I, I'm actually going to try to keep my eye on that game just because you got two teams that can't play any defense – And they can play offense, so that could be a a fun game to watch. And I could see that being a game where the Raiders get tripped up and lose if Matt Ryan gets hot.
1: I uh, I pick the games every week for us on Thursday morning, and so but I'll I'll uh, tease my or I'll just give away my my upset. I think the Falcons are going to win that game because that is the classic game. The Raiders had tons of emotion with the Chiefs, back and forth. Great game, fall bit short. Now the Raiders have to go cross-country, play a team that's an out-of-conference opponent they never see, they have no emotional tie-in to, go play in a sterile dome in Georgia where nobody cares about the Falcons. At are 3-7, they stink. But the Falcons have talent offensively. That's the kind of game you get caught sleeping. It's early. Their body clock's going to say 9 a.m. or 10 a.m. rather you could you could just see that game being a game you'll get the ticker and go what they're down 17 nothing 10 minutes into the game what the hell happened like i i will be impressed in a a way if the raiders go in here and really handle them because it just it screams trap game for the raiders and the raiders are better than the falcons but do they just get tripped up
0: let's hope so uh let's hope so uh okay yeah and and after that you know the 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 Chargers and the Broncos, like, look, the, the Chargers, good, they got a bright future, good young quarterback. They're just going to try to work on developing him for the rest of the season. As for the Broncos, they do not have a good young quarterback, and that's going to be their focus heading into the offseason because they have some talented young players on offense. Right. They just don't have anybody that can get them the ball. All right, the, the moment is here. It's time to put up or shut up. Vertaram, what's your final score prediction for this game?
1: 33-24, Kansas City.
0: Um, I think the
1: Chiefs' defense is a problem. I'm giving the Bucs four red zone trips and three touchdowns. Why? Because the Chiefs are the worst red zone defense in football. And, oh, by the way, they're at 75%. So, uh, tidy tidy wrap in there. I think, I think the Chiefs are going to score a lot of points. Tampa Bay couldn't stop the Saints. Couldn't stop the Rams. Uh, why should I think they're going to stop the Chiefs? There's no reason to think that. The Chiefs are better offensively than those two teams. I, and and look, all due respect to a Hall of Famer and Breeze, and a good player in Golf. Uh, neither one of those guys are Mahomes. Like right now, to pick against Kansas City, I'm sure you're picking against Mahomes right now. Good luck to you. Like, have you seen Mahomes recently? The yeah, man is on fire. There's no, I, I can't. Lear MVP. I, he, not even just that. I mean, my God, he is unbelievable. I I can't, I can't go against him especially against a team and I think schematically all the matchups favor Kansas City, all of them. All the stuff that they like to do is stuff that Kansas City is really good at dealing with. So I think the Chiefs win this game 33-24, uh, get to 10-1, and then face the Broncos on Sunday night uh, the week after at Arrowhead, which could be an absolute ritualistic killing. Yeah,
0: it sure should be. Chiefs just got to get through this one. I've got it. Chiefs 38 Bucks 31 closer than I'd like. I just Brady's got a lot of experience playing against the Chiefs and playing against the Spagnola defense. I think they'll have they'll have a few tricks up their sleeve because of that even though the 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 Bucs aren't as familiar with the Chiefs. Brady's got some good stuff and and has played well against this team with the Patriots and I just think right now, you know, I always say this with the Chiefs when I, I I'll pick against the Chiefs until they give me a reason to pick pick them and I'm going to pick the Chiefs until they give me a good reason to pick against them. They're incredible. I've got them winning. But on the defensive side of the ball, I'm not sold. They played well earlier this season. But when they go up against good offenses, they struggle. So just like last week where I had it close, I'm going with that again. Until the defense shows me, we can go up against a team with a lot of offensive weapons and a competent quarterback and really shut them down. I'm gonna I'm gonna see them having to eke out some close games. That's that's where I stand with it. I hope I'm wrong. I know that they have the talent on defense and in the, the secondary. It's gonna be a big game for the Chiefs' cornerbacks. Big game.
1: Yes, it will be because I think the Chiefs are gonna make them play some coverage as they try to go after Brady. But I really, I, I really do. I think the Chiefs match it very well in this game and. Brady's, Brady's complete inability to throw the ball down the field or under pressure, I just – Spagnuolo's a really good coordinator. He, he's not dumb. He's going to take advantage of that kind of stuff. If, if this was Bob Sutton's defense, I'd be in absolute sheer horror in this game. Like, I can't explain <laughs> yeah. the terror I'd have as we just rush four straight into a line every single play. Spagnuolo's not going to do that. He's going to go after him. Expect a lot of blitzes right up the middle. Brady can't move. I, I'll i tell you right now, they play the Colts later in the year. You better damn well believe that's what they're going to do. Like, oh, look, it's Philip Rivers. He's a statue. Here it comes. Like, <laughs> right. the Steelers. Like, here it comes. Go ahead. Like, y- you want lumbering Ben Roethlisberger on the move behind them. Like, that, that's, if you're the Chiefs and Ben Roethlisberger scrambling around, that's good. That's a good thing, right? Like, you're probably not going to bring a double-A gap blitz against Lamar Jackson, right? Like, bad yeah. idea. You know, so – I think against Brady, man, you're, I'll tell you right now, I, I, for me, this would be a Willie Gay game too. I think, like, hey, Willie, you're fast as hell. You're a pretty good blitzer. How about getting in there and just going right up the gut? Here it comes. Yeah. I, I would – I would. Fo- the other reason, by the way, just to wrap up, I, do, I would blitz up the A-gap a lot because when you do that and you show it and the other team – like Brady's smart enough to identify it know it's coming. So he'll check the protection to, to, to pinch in. But when you do that, now you've singled up Clark on the outside. They have no help. And if, and, and if you want to, you could also have some alignments where you put Jones on the other edge, and now Jones and Clark are both singled up. And they've got to come in and pinch on that blitz, or they've got to do that and keep a back in or a tight end in. Well, now he's got less guys to throw the ball to. But I'm Kansas City right up the gut, over and over and over. Beat me.
0: I, I agree with you on Willie Gay. I was just going to say that could be a big Willie Gay game. They've been showing more and more confidence in the rookie. Got a lot of tackles last week, getting more snaps. It'll be interesting to see how he shows out, especially with Gronkowski running across the middle, all that. All right, everybody. We are going to get out of here. We're going to let you enjoy your holiday. If you like what you heard, of course, you can subscribe to the Arrowhead Addict Podcast. We're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, Amazon Music. Everywhere you get your podcast, we're even in India now, Viratram. There's yeah. a there's a service out in India. I don't if if there's any any of you guys are listening to us, guys or gals out in India, give us a shout in those uh those Apple podcasts. We'd love to we'd love to know about it. I, I don't know if it's uh, how how many cheese fans are out there, but there we're worldwide. I know that. Um, all right. And it, please leave us those reviews over at Apple Podcasts. They mean the world to us. Make sure you follow us on Twitter. He's at, at Matt Bertram. I am at, at R Patrick Allen. Make sure you follow Matt Connor, Arrowhead Addict Lead Expert, at Matt Connor AA. And of course, follow at Arrowhead Addict for Matt Vertaram. My name is Patrick Allen. Thank you for listening. And as always, go cheese. Wait, you'd never seen The Godfather before?
1: No, I'm a complete disgraced Italian. But uh.
0: <laughs> that's true. You know, I was just thinking about The Godfather recently. I can't remember exactly why, but I it just popped into my head, and I was watching some of those old clips, like that great clip where the guy comes and asks at the at the wedding, at the like towards yeah. the beginning of the movie. Just so it's so good.
1: It was great, and I'm not like by no means my movie guy. I just. I've always wanted to watch it, and then people are like, yeah, it's three hours. I'm like, yeah, I'm not watching for three hours. Like, I'm just <laughs> – which is funny because football games are three hours, and I watch them all day. Every, like, I just – I've never been able to get myself down for it. And then yesterday, I was sitting there at like 8 o'clock, and I had nothing to do. I was like, you know what? I'm going to watch it. I'm going to see how it is. And it lived up to expectations. Now I got to watch the second one.
0: Yeah, the second one, a lot of people think is better than the first.
1: I know, which I was like, geez, really? Like, okay. Yeah. But – it's uh that was great. Horsehead in the bed. Um
0: yeah, it's great yeah. stuff. That guy's reaction, so incredible. Yeah, it just goes off the rails. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the Fileo fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it every time.